Thank you, uh, Stephen and Rick, for, uh, you know, the bass and the drum that supports the voices. We really appreciate the melody that you bring. And we thank, thank you guys also for your commitment to come and practice during the week and all that you do. And you're doing it unto the Lord. We're, we're, we're doing this unto the Lord. Everything that we're doing here is unto the Lord. We have no, you know, spiritual ambition to do things and to get places and to accomplish things. But we're just serving God. And we're, like I said earlier this morning, we're giving God praise and thanks that we are able to serve Him and that we are able to actually do something in His kingdom. It's a privilege that we're able to do that. And none of, none of us can actually say, well, I can't say that I'm qualified to do nothing. And I consider man, myself like at the back, even though I make so much noise, but that's the Spirit of God that's doing that, all of that, right? But I'm so excited to serve in this kingdom. And I just want to say, say a quick prayer. Stand on your feet a little bit, folks. Stand on your feet in the name of the Lord. Father, I give you praise and thanks this morning. Thank you for this house. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the grace that has been available even since you called us. Oh, Lord, thank you for the willing ones. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I give you praise and thanks for every person that came, that gave, that served, and that is doing so currently. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and the power that you have released in this house. Thank you for the wisdom that you are giving us as we step, as we look forward to the things that you will do in the coming weeks and months and years. I thank you now, oh Lord, that you are preparing us accordingly that we might be able to steward it. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you. We praise you. And we thank you, precious Holy Spirit, our guide, our teacher, our God. Spirit of the living God, we know you are here. We bless you this morning, Father. We send our praise and our thanksgiving to you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we are here positioned this morning, oh God, to do your will. Let your kingdom come and your perfect will be done. And we give you praise and thanks, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, praise God. Now, we, 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 uh, you may be seated. If I forget sometime, just sit, guys. I won't um, take it uh, personal. Amen? As I was sitting there this morning, you know, the, this scripture came to me. Sometimes you um, see me check my phone while I'm sitting there. It's not irreverence. It's just that the Lord gave me a scripture. And uh, I don't memorize. I don't have all of the memory bank of where the scriptures are. So I have to sometimes reference some other sources to get that exactly where it is. And this is the word that I got as I sat there. And I was saying, Lord, you know, week to week, we come here and sometimes our enthusiasm for the Lord is not there, right? Yeah, maybe it's there occasionally, but sometimes the consistency is not there, right? How is it that you capture a, an excitement for God that never wanes, never wanes? Listen, this is not like your motivational speaker that you pay uh, $500, $1,000 to go and listen, that he might pump you up. Okay? This is not that. Because the grace of God is sufficient that you might walk in this excitement and enthusiasm for God constantly, constantly. How do you do it? The scripture has given us the key on how to do it. Galatians 5 and verses 16. 
I say, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. You see why we talk about being walking in the spirit, about born again and understanding now that you have a spirit that is on the inside of you. Oh my God. When that is no longer an intellectual understanding that you have, but a revelation that you have, that you are a spirit being, you can begin to walk in the spirit. You can offer your, your sacrifice to God that he might do enough inside of your spirit that you're always excited. And the mind, the mind complements that, what's actually happening in your spirit. And you're not fighting any battle anymore. That's why we're sometimes, by Wednesday we're depressed and all of that. Time. You know what? We are not offering our spiritual sacrifice. We're not praying enough. We're not meditating on God enough. And therefore, there is no excitement. If you do that, by the time you come back on, um, in the spirit on Sunday, your spirit is limping like this. And your body is following like that. And the mind is depressed. You have to, you know, in, in Canada, they like to pick themselves up with coffee. Right? But there is something that we spiritual people can pick ourselves up with. Are you? Listen. When I think about the moms, the people who have given birth, Oh, Lord God Almighty. The people have brought a child into this earth, on this earth, right? It's painful for that child to come out, right? It's painful for you to burst into who you are in the spirit. You see the, you see the labor that you have to do? The labor that you have to do to come into the fullness of who you are spiritually. Offering your spiritual sacrifice. Talk on, talking about praying. And the Bible says that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Right? And staying in the word. And meditating on the word. What do you think would happen if every person here begins to do that now? Every individual here begin to offer the, the, the spiritual sacrifice that will make them be absolutely ignited, period, every single time. And even when you're sick, it doesn't really matter. Even when there's infirmity in your body, there's something on the inside that understands that and can deal with it. And you're still excited on the inside about God. Walk in, in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. But if you're not walking in the spirit, that's why we're entertaining all of the thoughts and the things that are coming from the world the flesh the flesh I did not want to have a stock market anybody in the stock market these days and see it's like up and down and up and down and all that type of stuff it's depressing right I didn't want to, I don't want to, that to be my spiritual walk I don't do that because if you are like that let me tell you something chances are when you the devil is going to beat you up he's going to be entering into you like a, a empty house and uh, in and out in and out that's lukewarmness. We're not called into lukewarmness. You're going to be worried about money. You're going to be worried about health. Everything in your life is going to be open and susceptible to the attacks of the devil if you don't walk in the spirit. That's why, listen, we already planned the whole year. The year is done. There's no man that's going to set an agenda for this year for us. Nobody on the planet, period. I don't care what kind of deal that they have. They're wasting their time. Because we're spending the whole year praying. And guess what we're doing next year too? Praying. And the other year after that, we already the whole life is already set. I'm walking like this until I go like that and kick the bucket and up. No, no doubt about it. I already made up my mind. And the grace of God is going to support me. I can't do it on my own. But there is grace for that to happen. You know, when you must have that conversation, when you come to the Lord, the Lord said to count the cost. When? 
when you're 20% in, the minute you realize that you need to count the cost, count the cost then and sum up the thing and go, done. That's why you do business with God. You know? He can pay your bills. He can take care of your health. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Amen. We're going to pray later. Hello. So I'm going to try and give you this one quick. If the Holy Spirit says quick. Hello. And if not, and the Holy Spirit says longer, well, three, four hours. For those of you who have the stomach to take it, you've been sitting there. Hello. Guys, I know. I'm a little bit too much at times. Eh? Hello. But guess what? Before the Lord called me, knew that I was like this. I didn't still call. I ain't changing nothing. Woo! You know, the, the devil is, I'm excited, guys. The devil, God has no problem with this. I'm not asking you that. I'm telling you. He has no problem with this. None. Get used to it. And guess what? He's going to call more. Let me tell you something. If people that have problem with this are wicked people, evil, inside of their heart. They have no goodness inside of them. Because you know the thing that really concerns me? The people that are going to hell. That is my great concern. The people that don't know Christ, which are numbering in the billions. So, I, you know, anybody that come and really is doing something by the grace of God to pluck people out of that, oh God, I am with them. I don't care if they're, they're a little bit loud, if they're a little bit quiet, okay? Some people are irritated by, by noise. Others are, it's too quiet for them. I don't, don't worry about that. Are they winning the loss? Are they causing, by the grace of God, on them? Is names being written in the book of life? When are we going to get concerned about that? Look at the world. Look at the devastation that's happening out there. If you are focused on, not me, but preachers and all that type of stuff who, who are like this, you need to repent. You need to repent and begin to focus on what you need to focus on which is what God wants us to do, which is to win the lost. And that's what we're doing here. Everything that we're doing here, by the grace of God, is in preparation for God, what God is going to do, increase. And the supernatural, that we might do what? See miracles? Only? No. That the miracles might compel people to come into the kingdom. That's why we're doing this. No other intention, none. We have none. If, the, if there was another way to do it without, without speaking, I would go it. I would go do it. If we could go out and get a shovel and dig the hurt and show dirt and that bring people into the kingdom, I'd go do it. I wouldn't have to bother with all of the fighting and all of that type of stuff. I'd go do that. But this is the only method I know. It's in scripture through this gospel. So that's why we're doing it like this. This is the way that the Lord designed it. Amen? Awesome. I got a page here with a couple of lines. That's about it. That's all I got this week. But you know, God has something else. I've been talking to you guys by the grace of God about some very serious things. Very, very serious things. And I didn't, I don't stay home and, and um, make up stuff and then come here to speak. And if I did, I think you guys would be wise enough where you'd have, you'd have checked out a long time ago and go, this guy, it's all about him and whatever he conjures up in his mind. Who would actually come and sit and listen to that then? The fact that you're here means 
that God is giving you some peace and some understanding that this is him. Would you agree with me? And if you don't nod your head now, something is wrong with you. Amen. So this week, the Lord began to um, speak to me about, I'm going to, I have a title here and I hope it can give you an understanding and, and then pray while I speak that the Spirit of God will give me understanding with this lesson also because I've never really thought a great deal about this particular topic, but I said, Lord, this, you gave it to me. So the whole thing, I'm giving it back to you and then you can do your work with it. That's kind of how I am. Discerning spiritual environment. The topic of the lesson today is discerning the spiritual environment that God has invited you to be in. Discerning that spiritual environment and how you must conduct yourself in that spiritual environment. You know, in the book of Romans, if we could go to Romans um, 15. Romans 15 and verses 4. It says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scripture, might have hope. Those examples that are in Scripture are for our, our learning, that we might not make the same mistakes. We must heed the whole counsel of God. When I talk about discerning spiritual environment, think about it in, a natural, in the natural world. And then think about, for example, the political arena. Or think about the CIA. Or, I don't know, the Canadian Army. And think about those are different organizations with... Um, different levels of one for example in the area of the army they have to do with defense they have to do with a lot of information that is that is secret that you and I would not know so when if you desire to work in that environment work in that that space then they're gonna educate you consistent with what you can do with the information that they allow you to see when you go there right What are you able, what you can do, what you can't do in an environment where the information can be uh, dangerous? The other day I was reading in the U.S. and if you go on Google and search, you'll see it, that someone in the U.S. Army was actually sending, uh, selling, trying to sell nuclear information to another country, a couple, and they got life in prison. They were sent to jail for the rest of their lives for doing this. And guess what? It's the country that actually gave them up. They didn't discern the environment that they were in properly. They thought it was just a place where the information was just something that they could take and do whatever they want just because it was given to them. But they, they had actually signed an agreement prior to being allowed to work in that company or in that organization and they had to pay it they're paying the price now 
for minimizing the agreement that they signed. And in a spiritual sense, sometimes we do the very same things. Why am I doing this? Did we not talk about revival coming in Heaven's Lighthouse Ministries? Right? Did we not talk about all of the wonderful things that God is going to do? That we might see the souls come into the kingdom? And that's why God is actually educating in about what is allowed and not allowed in this environment. Just like it would be in any other ministry or in the, the greater body of Christ. Not everything is allowed. There is a script on how all of us have to conduct ourselves. And that's what we want to deal with this morning. Now, take for example, the children of Israel. Just to give you a better understanding of what I'm saying. The children of Israel are, have been commanded by God, by Moses, to you know, lead the children of Israel out of Pharaoh's imprisonment. And we saw how the, what the Lord did to get them on the way. But while they are on the way, God began to speak to Moses in regards to educating them concerning the spiritual environment that they were going to be in. So God began now to write the Ten Commandments. And that's, that was just the beginning. There are so many other guidelines that they had on how to operate in an environment where God is. They couldn't they can't do the things that they're used to doing. Now, let's go to scripture and see what happens. After the Lord taught them and educated them and prepared them and even announced to them the consequences that were going to be handed down if they did not keep those commandments, we begin to see what happened when people did not discern the spiritual environment that they were in or they just minimized the word of God and they paid a heavy price so we have to do the very same thing here we have to educate people all of us have to be educated if we say we're gonna bring the book of Acts here there are some things that if we do it here every single one of us including myself right it will cost if that dimension of God comes and there is uh, just people being cavalier, ca casual. The same thing can happen to us. Now let's go to the book of uh, Numbers. Numbers 16. The scripture said, Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and forever. I know in your grace-centered church that you previously went to, they didn't talk about this type of thing. They leave off a lot of the Old Testament and just point to grace. But you know what? God has not changed one ounce, one bit. We're going to talk about the whole counsel of God. That we might not have things like this happen to us. Numbers 16 verses 1. <clears throat> rebellion against Moses and Aaron. And we, we spoke about rebellion. It's not so much about rebellion this morning. Now Korah, the son of Isar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses. 
with some of the children of Israel. 250 leaders of the congregation. Leaders of the congregation. Not just anyone in the congregation, but leaders of the congregation and representatives of the congregation. Look at it. Men of renown. Men that were recognized as having a position in God's uh, cabinet, if you will. They gathered, them, they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, look at the, what these men are actually saying now. And these are not nobodies. In the context of the calling of God, they have a role that is pretty significant. So that means if you have that position, you have influence, right? You have influence. That means the words that you carry, that you speak, they carry weight. So you potentially could influence people and influence people even contrary to God. You take, look at, this is what they said. You take too much upon yourself for all the congregation is holy. All the congregation is holy. Now they're basically saying, you have... I mean, think about it. In a physical context, yeah, everybody's the same. But we know that God had called and anointed Moses to do the work that he was doing. So he had, um, he had a, a command from God to act and speak accordingly. He was not just doing it out of, out of self. For all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? So when Moses heard it, he fell on his face and he spoke to Korah and all his company saying, Tomorrow morning, the Lord will show who is his and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him. That, that one whom he chooses, he will cause to come near to him. And then he goes, do this. Take censers, Korah and all your company, put fire in them and put incense in them before the Lord. Tomorrow, and it shall be that the man whom the Lord chooses is the Holy One. And then he now rears their own words back in their ears. And he says, You take too much upon yourselves, you sons of Levi. And let me tell you, we're all called by God. Let's not for any moment begin to um this word as it comes down and even through this vessel applies to this vessel. Okay? But, you know, I have great confidence and I hope that everyone that the Lord is actually doing anything, using to do anything, has great confidence in what God has, where he has you stationed now. That you feel uh, empowered by him to do what you do. And that's how I feel. In regards to Heaven's Lighthouse ministry and what we're actually doing here, I have, man, I don't know if uh, Moses, have, um, I'm, not gonna, I'm not in the category of Moses and will never be. But... When it comes down to conviction concerning what God has asked me to do, that there, I can put my neck on a block at, at, at any time. I have absolute conviction that I am supposed to be here, that I am supposed to um, be speaking the word of God. That's surety. And that's why when the Lord places you here, you know, it comes with a level of, um, it comes with other things. There were, there were conversations that God was having with um, Moses that was empowering him in that position. He had that 
relationship with the Lord just like every other person whether they are in the prayer um, group or any other aspect of ministry if they're walking by the Holy Spirit they have that they have that relationship and that empowerment from God to do just like I would from here so this is not to say I'm only um, talking because I'm representing I'm speaking from this from um, standing on this platform right but I'm just noting these things and the Lord is actually putting it on my heart to note these things because the same things are gonna happen here it's just a matter of time any ministry that you see and I've said this all the time any ministry that you see outside that consists of 10,000 people now or a hundred thousand people and they are just doing massive work of God they were here once they were like right here the tendency is to the man that just got started okay he doesn't have the evidence as yet to to show that he's gonna be there but we believe by faith I'm not speaking and doing when I get there I'm doing it now I, I embody the ministry that we're gonna have with 5,000 and 10,000 and 20,000 people today with only somewhere around 50 60 people doesn't make any difference to me someone else might see it another way but I do not where are we now verses 4 verses 8 then Moses said to Korah hear now you sons of Levi is it a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to serve to serve them and that he has brought you near to himself so what I'm actually saying here is that those people actually had good position with God and they already were in a position that they could be promoted also like everybody else the only reason why and I'm not at the top of the ladder I'm at the bottom of the ladder right we have so many other ministers with massive churches that you know and they're doing well we have a, by the grace of God the Lord will allow us to do some stuff too but I did not start off like this I, I was under um, few ministers that were actually younger than me and I had to you know and I, I was just glad to serve them and hang around them and learn and submit to their authority and all of those good things and I did not but thank God I didn't even understand authority and submission and all those things that principles that we taught and at that time nobody had taught me about them but thank God the Holy Spirit has taught us to just humble ourselves and do and serve and that's what we did so everywhere I go they always wanted us to do even that which we did not want to do because they saw these qualities inside of us and that's how the Lord began to um, use them to you know ask us maybe to do just like morning prayers and just different roles until they begin to have us um, speak and handle the word and those type of things as you submit it's, it's all the kingdom all this kingdom works and it's very very important that we slow because what I see happening in the um, in the body of Christ is it's kind of like a lot of wildness a lot of wildness you see this is a ministry here however small it is it is a ministry it is um, it was purpose in the heart of God okay so we are here so when it's the same way that the Lord would organize another church with a pastor or a leader and then other people playing different roles it's the same way it's gonna be constructed here but what I notice is that you know you might you can have 10 pastors in your life 
10, 10 different pastors. You can have two or three different pastors in your life. And yet still, the Spirit of God, for example, if the Spirit of God sends you like here, okay? That's not to say that you can't listen to other ministers and so forth like that, you know. Because let me tell you something, I listen to a lot of them. I'm all for that. But when it comes on to you actually taking directives from them, if, if, if this is the environment that God has you in, that's where the problem is. And that's where a lot of people, you know, there are different manifestations of the Spirit. There are different things that, actually, that the Lord is actually doing. No, think about it. If you're here and then you're, you're listening to, you're getting counsel from two, three different ministers, what do you think is going to happen? And they have the Spirit of God inside of them. They can actually frustrate your walk with the Lord now, if you allow them to. So there's a balance in how, how you allow those voices to impact you, and then you would bring that influence here now. Then we're going to have disagreements here now. We wouldn't have spiritual unity. And then now, wherever these guys were getting their information from. However, whether, see, one of the elders, they had prominent people to support them in this. And they had an idea now that they could go and remove and speak to Moses as if he was a nobody. And look what Moses do, did. And that's what, you know, quite frankly, I am so confident in my, in my um, position here that I would, I would, do, I would put my life on the line i'm so confident and i hope you are when god is using you i am absolutely so confident that i could bring any man here right now and the bible said don't pray like this so i wouldn't do it but i could bring anybody here and be confident that if this ever happened even now and say lord judge between me and you and you're gonna have that kind of confidence if you ever step into your ministry and i hope you do and if you don't they're gonna walk over you they will walk over you. And you, 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 you. You have to be able to... Paul dealt with all of these things in his ministry. You, know, you have to defend the ministry that you have been given. The grace of God is there on you to defend it. That's why Moses had to speak. And we're going to read on now and see how Moses dealt with those people. It's very important that we understand this here. For anybody that comes to Heaven's Idols ministry and want to partake of the revival that's going to be here, understand this and note it. I'm telling you that. I'm doing exactly what, what the, um, God did through Moses. Because he expounded properly to those men. That they, they should have known that they should have never done something like that. And we're going to be held responsible even here when the power of God comes. And God has already spoken to me in that regard. So I'm making sure that I, I, I throw it out there so that people might know that this discern the environment that you're in before you act. It's different working at no first from working with the army in some high-level position and information that you have and what you can do with information. Let's um, move forward. We're not dealing with this too early either. It's in the foundation you have to lay out these things. And uh, verses 10, And he has brought you near to himself, you and your brethren, that the sons of Levi with you, and are you seeking the priesthood also? Therefore you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. And Moses did not see, even put himself there because he knew that he was commissioned by God. You know, God is the one who brought him into the priesthood. There is something that God knew 
about Moses that he put him in that position. There's something that God knows about every person here. Why, he, why he's putting you into different people's lives, different jobs, and different places. Just like how he would put me here. There's something that he knows about you. And there's something, there's a grace on your life to do something in that station that he puts you there. And nobody should question you. And as we all grow in the body of Christ, God is going to use all of us. And many, many people will um, come and they will preach the message. And um, like I always say, if somebody came here and they sat here, I hope they, they build a bigger church than I will ever build. By the grace of God. Verses 12, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, We will not come up. It, is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey? I mean, did they really come out of a land flowing with milk and honey? It's cucumbers and um, what else was it? Onions, milk and honey? And whips over your back? You see, you see how these people have to have a perverted mind to make a point? God said that he would take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. To kill us in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us. Moreover, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. You see, the spirit of rebellion is here now. I hope you know it. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that there captures in the New, New Testament. That's why the Lord allowed that to happen in the New Testament, just in case. Some people are going to say, oh, that's Old Testament thing. God never really loved the Jewish people, but he loved the Gentiles. It's us he wanted to save. That's the mentality of the Gentile now, you know. They do wickeder things than the Jewish people that God loved and called his own and think that we're going to get away with it. Not happening. Then Moses was very angry and said to the Lord, Do not respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, nor have I heard one of them. You see that? Moses is actually having conversation with, with the Lord in this context. Because God had called Moses and put him in that position. I hope you know, in regards to leading the children of Israel from that place to that place, I hope you know, God was not talking to the other 250. You know. I hope you know, they have no... They, they can pray to God. They can commune with God. They cannot talk to God about that. And that's why now we see who God is actually having a conversation with in regards to that transition from bondage to freedom, to a land flowing with milk and honey. That 250 people, even though they are numerous, God is not talking to them. God is just waiting on Moses now, like he will wait on you when he put you in a position and they come against you. He will wait on you to speak. And their judgment can be swift when that happens. Discern the spiritual environment that you're in. Discern the spiritual environment that you're in. And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow you and your company be present before the Lord. You and they as well as Aaron. Let each take his censer and put incense in it. And each of you bring his censer before the Lord, 250 censers. Numbers doesn't represent anything necessarily. Because it's one, one against over 250 here. And they are all believers in God. And yet still God is standing with one man that he put in an office. So 
when you listen to other ministers all over the place concerning what is actually happening here it's spiritually illegal it can't happen it means that god would be breaking a fundamental truth he's usurping his own authority that he put in place it's it god cannot do it you know when when the, this is why we said they, are you desiring also the priesthood that's what moses is actually saying to them here. are you also desiring the priesthood and maybe later on god would have used them in the priesthood but at that moment they were not in the priesthood and guess what they had not the understanding connected concerning what was to be what was to happen in the priesthood i hope you know that you don't have the authority you don't have the understanding and i don't care if the the most famous and well-known accurate prophet and apostle is actually speaking to you they're still breaking the law once god places you in that position no that's not to say that the lord can't use it to speak you know we're not talking about them having an opinion or giving a, a suggestion or anything like that i'm not saying to be mute no they were rising up in rebellion against moses and his authority that's what we're actually talking about discern and then know what you are able to do and then what we should not be doing verses 17 verses uh, 18 so every man took his censer and put fire in it laid incense on it and stood at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting with Moses and Aaron do you under, do you see what's actually happening here now they're still not discerning their heads are about to be chopped off and they are still not discerning it's one thing for you to have that audacity and make a mistake Moses was such a humble person it, had to, it took him a lot before he would cause anyone to get harmed and I believe that if they had even recognized prior to that I'm sure you would have a different conversation with God about them but even now they're still pushing even now they're still pushing and Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle of meeting then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. My father now, the glory of the Lord is there. And even now, they are still in rebellion. They still are not on their knees begging mercy. Look at now verses 20. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. You see, you can't talk to God about that. He will not talk to you about that. It's an illegal conversation for God to have. And that's how it is in the church of Jesus Christ. It was one congregation then. How many congregations we have now? Millions. And I'm telling you, we all love Joshua Selman. And if God so privileged him to come here, he has to sit there and obey some rules that we have around here. He's one of the finest apostles in the world. But this kingdom is a kingdom of almost recognize the order and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying separate yourselves from among the con this congregation that I may consume them in a moment this congregation now look why look look at why the Lord put Moses here now 
Then they fell on their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation? See, that is the heart of Moses with you right now. That is why God put that man there now. Okay? Stuff that love is in the heart of Moses for the people that he's transitioning into the promises of God. He cares about them. The other men arguing, fighting, they don't have a heart for the lost. They have not a heart for the lost. And they saw the language that Moses used as being establishing himself as a prince over them. And God saw it as him leading his children by his grace into his promise. And I hope you know that if they were not transitioned into the promise, you and I would not be sitting here today. I hope you know these men were not only rebelling against um, Moses, they were rebelling against you and I and our destiny in Christ. And I hope you know even now when people do this in the church, I hope you know that the souls that are supposed to come next week, next year, 5, 10, and 15 years down the line, and if the Lord, down the line, and if the Lord tarries and we are not even on the planet anymore, they're fighting against them coming into the kingdom. I'm telling you, if we were thousands of years down the road and Moses was here, the same thing they would do. Now we read Moses. We tend to honor people when they're dead. And we see the body of work that, that, that God did through them. But when they're in the moment and you can behold them with your naked eye and then think about what you think about in your mind, not in your spirit, that God wants to empower it's the very same thing we would do. Where are we now? Verses 25. Then Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abraham and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men. See how you reference them? Touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got away from around the tents of Korah, Dathan and Abiram, and Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents with their wives, their sons, and their children. Father in heaven, discern the spiritual environment that you're in. You're killing even your, your own kids. And even now, no wisdom, no fear of the Lord. After they see the plagues, they've seen the power of God, you know. They have been not only seen the explosive power of God, before they ventured out of Egypt. They have seen his miraculous power in providing for them and protecting them. And they are going to have a conversation like this in the meanwhile. Number 28, And Moses said, By this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all his works. For I have not done them on my own will. If these men die naturally like all men, or if they are visited by the common fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates a new thing and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them and they go down alive into the pit, then you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. Now let's see whether the 250 
or the one man that God had placed in that um, position. Let's see who the Lord will defend. Now it came to pass, as he finished speaking all these words, that the ground split apart under them, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up. Somewhere around there, the earth has a mouth, and it's a moving one, if you get my drift. It's a moving mouth. It will go wherever it's needed, that it might open up and consume the rebellious. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah with all their goods. So they and all those with them went down alive into the pit. The earth closed over them and they perished from among the assembly. Then all Israel who were around them fled at their cry for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. Didn't they say that all of Israel was holy? Huh? Isn't that what they told Moses? That why do you establish yourself a prince the lord is among the, the congregation and every single one of them are holy and they're running now to defend the man that god has put in that position god is on the brink of killing hundreds of thousands i hope you know that this is your loving jesus christ we're talking about this is god a god of order and we might as well begin to learn now because God is not going to allow any rebellion in heaven. There's no rebe there will not be another rebellion and the earth is not going to be created and, and another fall. This is it. You're be you and I are being prepared for there. I want to live up there. So I'm preparing accordingly. I'm taking this message as we're releasing it out there now. I'm listening to it and I say, Lord, give me grace that this might not never be my position against you. Lord, verses 35, and a fire came from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. See that? Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, to pick up the censers of the blaze, for they are holy, and scattered fire, the fire from some distance away. The censors of these men who sinned against their own souls. See that? Sinned against their own souls. Let them be made into hammered plates as a covering for the altar. Because they presented them before the Lord. Therefore they are holy. And they shall be a sign to the children of Israel. Let this scripture be a sign to us. As we step into what God is going to do here and discern this environment. So Eleazar the priest took the bronze censers which, which those who were burnt up had presented and they were hammered, hammered out as covering on the altar to be a memorial to the children of Israel that no outsider who is not a descendant of Aaron should come near to offer incense before the Lord that he might not become like Korah and his, and his companions, just as the Lord had said to him through Moses. Look at verses 41 now. And take note. On the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned towards the tabernacle of meeting. And suddenly the 
the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of, the, of meeting. Look, listen. Oh, Father in heaven. Uh, you know, listen. When that dimension of God comes, I hope you know it's trouble. When that dimension of God comes, huh, you know, we, we, we don't get it, you know. The Bible talks about when, when Christ returns. And we, we, we're still in the pews laughing and playing around. Oh, the earth is going to flee. You, you, all of those grace messages, whoa. The earth is going to flee. There will be like terror. How can that version of God be here and you still be casual? You, you, we're asking for trouble. Don't be discern the environment that you're in that you might not be a casualty of being complacent in the presence of God and not conducting the affairs of God consistent with how he wants it to be done and the Lord spoke to Moses verses 44 saying get away from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment and they fell on their faces so Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. You see this? Moses had an understanding that he could actually intercede. He had a position with God. No one else had that position. And that understanding, that understanding and that position will come to you when God anoints you and puts you in a station. That's when it, you have it. You don't stay not anointed and not called into that position and then have the understanding of how to operate in it. Understand this. Discern this. And know this. And ask God where you're supposed to be. So Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar, put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly and, and already the plague had begun among the people. So he put in the incense and made atonement for the people and he stood between the dead and the living. So the plague was stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700. 14,700. Beside those who died in, the, in Korah, in the Korah incident. So Aaron returned to, the, to Moses at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting, for the plague had stopped. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Discern the environment that you're in. And if you, if you truly believe that we, even from here, are preaching the word of God, and the things that God has been revealing, not only through ourselves, but through others, that he's going to do, do here, in a revival sense, then know that you're in a similar environment like that. And make sure you don't kindle the fire of God. And words. I'm, I'm saying this here, and I need to say this, because there are other things that God has told me also in this little ministry, Heaven's Zaito's ministry. Because we're going somewhere. We're not treating this like this, like we're always going to be here. We know where we're going. Because God, I was, 
I've shared my testimony so many times with you guys. How this, I was, this was initiated. This ministry was initiated. I did not present myself here. I, was, I remember now sitting in a church in Toronto. Years ago. Myself and Kim way down. Nobody knows us. And I looked over and I saw this old lady shaking. Or whatever my eyes caught this lady just shaking and trembling. And I, by, I, I, was, I looked at my wife and I go, look at the lady over there. She's far from us. And I said, either one, the Spirit of God is on her, or two, she has, she has Alzheimer's. And I saw that lady got up out of her chair and went to the front of the church and began to look like that. And I'm pointing, we are following her. And I'm following this lady, following this lady. And the woman is moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. I'm making her way through the, the road. And we're thinking that she's mad. He's an old lady. Look like she's about 80, 70, 80, somewhere there. And the woman came and just stepped down to me like this. And she didn't say hello or anything. She grabbed both of my hands. Just like, I hold my hands. And begin to sp um, speak what you see, this ministry over us. With clarity. Another time I went back to that um, same church and they, they ministered that, that uh, he's been a pastor for over 30 years, globally known. And he was having a healing rally in the afternoon after the service. And I went there in the evening. And I'm, at that point, I'm like, like I said, nobody. And I'm going up for prayer and I'm saying, Lord, please don't let him ask me what you, I want prayer for because I don't know. If the man asked me what I wanted prayer for, I was not able to say I want prayer for A, B, C, and D. So just let him pray whatever over me. And I'm in the line. And there's a long line of people. And even mainly women. And he's praying and they're popping and praying and popping. And I'm thinking, I ain't popping. I'm standing on my feet. Right? But obviously the Lord wants you to pop your drop. But before the man got, got to me, about five women from me, I heard the man begin to say, mighty woman of God. No, mighty man of God. Mighty man of God. Mighty man of God. And I'm thinking, where is the man? Right? And it's like he left the woman and he came to me and the man took his hand and he began to beat me in the chest like this. Hard like this. And he spoke the same thing that that woman spoke over me. He actually thought I was a minister. He told me to detail the type of ministry that God was going to call us to. He was actually comparing it with some names I don't want to call. And we have had many other confirmations from the Lord in regards to what we're actually doing here. So I know. So that's why I have, that's what gives you the confidence. Or else I wouldn't have the confidence to come and tell, lie and, uh, 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 and make up stories and come and speak to people. No, no. And you guys must discern also that. And they should have discerned in Moses' case that God had commissioned and put him there. Yes. Flesh. And I told you last week, not worth anything. But this is the way that God designed it. And we must cooperate with God's design and his order. So the, the lessons that we have taught have all been consistent with this revival. And they must be regarded. And if you don't regard them, you know, it's better to do yourself a favor and not partake. It's better to do yourself a favor and not partake. Because if you don't, if you don't heed those messages, and put them into practice and then you continue on like these men did not believe in Moses leadership so to speak but then they still continued on should they not have kept themselves back in Egypt and said we ain't going up we're, we're staying down here as slaves that's what they should have done 
either that or discern and change that's that, that's the logical intelligent thing to do but many times people don't do that they just come along any way shape or form and that's the this is potentially what could actually happen and we listen just in case just in case somebody says this is far removed from the New Testament the grace people God does not act like this anymore let's capture this in the New Testament and then though you tell me what reference would you have to take a position contrary to this Acts 5 verses 1 but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession and he kept back part of the proceeds his wife being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet but Peter said Ananias why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part they had already made a promise about bringing all of what they sold this property to they had decided to do this here's another great example of individuals that are not discerning their spiritual environment and how to conduct themselves there and maybe they're listening to some other preacher on the outside and they can bring that technology and that understanding and bring it here it cannot be in this orderly kingdom of Jesus Christ it cannot be it can't be not in this not in this kingdom and if I was supposed to do go to another church or do this to others I would be under the same judgment the Lord will not be pleased with it I am not allowed to do this type of stuff so I'm careful oh I I mean obviously I'm not preaching in um, other churches and even I, I've gotten invitation for certain things and the Lord says no so I'm not stepping out in those areas I don't do anything by invitation I do it if the Spirit of God is giving me the peace to do it it's this type of order that we have to have in the, in, the, in the church. This type of seriousness that we have, to, we have to have in the church. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last breath. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in. We always implicate the family members in these things. It's, you know, Many times the children, poor children. As I read this about Korah last, last night, I go... I go, Lord, I hope you took the children to heaven. You know, I, go, I, I just believe that God took the kids to heaven. Because they lost their wives, they lost their children. And I, be, I, I hope they went to heaven because they were not involved in this. So I know that the, the mercy of God is always in everything. No matter how it looks, the mercy of God is always there. And the mercy of God also was in Moses that he would pray for the congregation. 
Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last breath. And the young man came in and found her dead and carried her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. We already spoke about the fear of the Lord. We don't need to wait on an instance like this to happen for the fear of the Lord to come on us and be revealed to us. We need to be initiated. What? How? When God gives, when God gives us the word, right? We need, to, we need to take the word and come into compliance and agreement with the word. Every single one of it, all of God's counsel. That we might not suffer these things or see others suffer these things. And then we know, say, whoa, thank God for the example. Amen? I hope, I hope you guys are getting an understanding. I'm going to wrap it up. Very quiet morning. Okay? Very, very quiet morning. The church of Jesus Christ is an orderly church. It's not this, you know, globe-trotting stuff that we see many of the ministers do. And everybody speaking into your ear. And just because they're anointed. Yes, God might speak to, to a person here. And then you know someone who has a bigger church. And then now they be, give and give you a, come and give you a different word. And you now feel good in your heart because another man, another man of God speak that word to you. If you feel like the first word that you got was really from the Lord, if it was not fine and you don't have an agreement that this is from the Lord, that's fine. But don't go and just look conveniently for another word through someone who's going to speak to you out of convenience. Because don't tell me that the Lord will bring you into an environment that you're not hearing his word would he give you the peace to go into that environment moses was very sure about what where he was leading those people just like oh you will be very sure in your heart and just was like oh i have absolute confidence in what i'm doing absolute confidence i have not a ounce of doubt inside of me concerning what i'm doing and when i sleep i don't sleep with fear I have confidence. God has written this thing in my heart. I feel good about what I'm doing. And I feel good about what, what the lessons that the Lord is allowing me to speak and preach and so forth. There's no doubt. That's the type of command that Moses felt way beyond that. And that's how you are going to feel in your own ministry. You don't have to pretend It's eight different times that God spoke to myself and my wife and told us to move to London. Yet still I've driven by and gone to Windsor several, so many times. And the only thing I knew about London was the sign that they have out on the 401, period. That's it. That's it. So moving down here and doing what we're doing here eight times. How confident do you feel? Do you think we, we, we feel? I feel like I hold the whole city. 
and actually listen to in a spiritual dimension I walk around and tell people I own the city no kidding I feel like that it's the it's the strength that you feel when your father tells you my son sit there and then he will back you if you be and do the person that he wants you to be he will back you up and he will back up your words So you have to, in your ministry, you have to speak like this. You have to teach like this. You have to, by the grace of God, expound these things that people might have an understanding and discern the, the spiritual environment. Or you might find yourself speaking words like Moses that cause people great harm. Yeah. And God will back you up in that too. He will. Because I hope you know why. Why? Not because of you. No. It's never about me. Or just, just so we deal with that. It's never about the preacher. It's about the heart of Moses to love the people and bring them into the promises of God that we might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. So the man that God put there, usually they have the heart. They will put everything on the line. And that's why they have to deal with these cancers. Because if these cancers are not rooted out, if they don't change their cancers, and if they're not rooted out, I hope you know, Nobody is going to the promised land. They rather everybody stay in misery. It's a misery love company, right? That's why they, had, they needed numbers. Last scripture. And then we go home. We're saving our energy for later. That we might pray in the name of Jesus. Proverbs 6, verses 16. These six, six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. A proud look. A lying tongue. Mark them. These six things the Lord hates. A proud look. A lying tongue. Those men were actually lying. When it all boiled down, they were lying. They, listen, I hope you know. The mind here can really create conversations that make a lot of sense physically. That's why they were able to influence others to come into that position that they had to come against Moses. They were proud, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. And that's what they were about to do. Because their plan was going to cause people their salvation. A heart that devised wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. And that's what those men were doing who came into agreement with them. A false witness who speak lies. Ha! A false witness who speak lies. And one who sows discord among brethren. And one who, who sows discord among brethren. You know, God is love and merciful. And what he really wants to do this morning... Let me tell you, very, very gentle. What he really wants to do this morning, okay, is to grant us understanding and to empower us that we might not function, that we might take the example of Scripture and be changed. That's what this message is about. The message, the Word of God, is designed that if anything in us is not in compliance and agreement 
there's a grace that is extended to you when you come into a revelation that you might transition into agreement with scripture by the spirit of God so that's the love of God that he's expressing to us this morning that's what it that's what it boils down to you know love that's why God educates us on how to act and conduct ourselves before he brings his, his presence because just naturally the fire of God will just consume every darkness if he comes like that in laying out the foundation for any time of, type of supernatural to happen we have to regard these truths we have to regard these truths and, that, and that's why I thank God for quiet moments like these that we can learn and we can grow that our testimony will not be in the similitude of those men that rose up against Moses that will not be our testimony so take heed I am taking heed amen we praise God that there my friends my brothers my sisters I have absolute confidence that that there is a message that God placed inside of me this week and given and gave me even the the scriptures so father I thank you this morning for your word thank you Jesus and I thank you Lord that you are love and right now you're expressing your love to your children in counseling us in directing us you are expressing the depth of your love and we appreciate your words this morning and we thank you oh God and I thank you precious Holy Spirit for everyone here this morning oh God as they come into agreement with your word let this be written on their hearts, O oh Lord, that they might discern the spiritual environments that you might take them into, including this one, that they might discern that spiritual environment and they might conduct themselves. We all might conduct ourselves accordingly in a way that pleases you, O oh Lord, not a way that kindles your fire. So we thank you. We praise and we worship you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.